Sisters, sisters, there were never such devoted sisters. Never had to have a chaperone, no sir. I'm here to keep my eye on her. Hi, and welcome to Criminal Broads, a true crime podcast about wild women on the wrong side of the law. I'm Tori Telfer, and we have just finished week four of Sister Month. We have gone through four stories of sisters who did everything from murdered together to resisted dictators together. And I thought to myself, how could I possibly do Sister Month without bringing on my own sister. So here I am with a little bonus episode for you guys. And here is my sister, Anna Telfer. (laughs) Hello, Anna. Thanks for having me on. I'm honored. Of course. Anna is the best, um, as I'm sure all of you listening have already intuited. She is my younger sister, but sometimes people ask us who's older, which is a great compliment to me, and I'm dreading the day when that stops. (laughs) I think it's close. I'm aging aging fast. (laughs) Anna's aging fast, so she thinks. No, she's not. And I have bangs, which my agent once called nature's Botox. (laughs) So we'll see. Um, Anna, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, where you are, and what you do? So my name's Anna. I am an actor and a singer in Los Angeles. Lord help us all. And um, yeah, it's kind of just freelance performer. So around. And can you name some of your recent huge ad clients (laughs) that you've worked with? Um, I know you hate to boast. I hate to boast. I, let's see, I do a lot of commercial work. So you may have seen me in your local auto trader ad or Burger King or uh, Bed Bath & Beyond. Bed Bath & Beyond. (laughs) Um, I just did a a B-horror film for you B-horror film fans, which there probably are a few of you in the true crime world. Uh, It's called Aquarium of the Dead. I, you know, don't make it very far into the movie. Oh, no. So, yeah, just yeah, amazing, amazing. So you are my younger sister. We have two yes. brothers in between us, and I'm just wondering how much does being a sister shape your identity? Ugh, so much. I think, I mean, it's the first relationship that you learn as a child, or I mean, mm. maybe besides being a daughter, but it's just what you're. Mm-hmm. That's like how I've been trained to view the world is through a younger sister lens. So, um, yeah, I think that everything I, I'm sure if I like really psychoanalyzed myself, I could, I could like connect a lot of things that I do to being a younger sister. So, yeah. Mm, So not just a sister, but specifically. Yeah. Well, I was thinking because you didn't have siblings for the first few years. So, but whereas I had three Mm -hmm. to like teach me, teach Mm -hmm. me baby talk and like, hang out with me from mm-hmm. from birth so i would guess that it would be a little different but yeah yeah it's definitely a wild thing birth order i was thinking the other day about something our brother our brother john did something that mm-hmm. i've been doing which was great and i was just like wow i've never like had the experience of seeing an older sibling do something and then being like i can't wait totally. till i do it and it's like that's a huge experience for a lot of people and 
I've never had it. Not saying like, woe is me. It's just like. Yeah. Yeah. You're in terrifying territory. I get to kind of like watch and learn, which is also terrifying, (laughs) but in a different way. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We both have benefits and terrors (laughs) to our birth order. (laughs) Um, So. I know you, I mean, you're acting, um, you consume a lot of media and art. And I was just wondering if you have a favorite pair of sisters that you've encountered, either in real life or in a play or a role you've played, anything like that. Oh my gosh. I, the first one that came to mind is not technically sisters or cousins, but Rosalind and Celia from Mm -hmm. As You Like It are definitely my favorite Mm -hmm. duo. And they have like familial and like sisterly affection. So I think it counts as an answer because they have such good, like witty banter and comedy and tragedy combined. And I think that's beautiful. I think real sisters, um, (laughs) the sisters from Fleabag are, I just think they're hilarious. (gasps) Just the way they interact and Fleabag is a great show in general. But, but I think I was, I, when you asked me that, I also thought about, Pride and Prejudice, because we grew up learning uh, or just reading Pride and Prejudice, and Jane and Elizabeth always really stood out to me. Yes. I love all these sister pairs. Pride and Prejudice is funny because it's like Jane and Elizabeth (laughs) rock and are close, and then like all the other ones kind of get the short end of the author. I remember being so grateful I didn't have other sisters. (laughs) Yeah, just reading that being like, I'm so glad I only have one. Yeah, because then it's like, I get to be Jane, you get to be Elizabeth. I guess I'm the beautiful blonde. And I was the youngest, so if we had more, then I'd have to be, like, Lydia. (laughs) Oh, well, I mean, at least you're not a Mary. (laughs) What could have been the worst? Brutal. And then a Kitty, like, what's Kitty Kitty. even, what does Kitty even do? She's just, she's kind of a non I did sort of affiliate with Kitty as a child. Oh, no, (laughs) But in, like, a fun, like underdog kind of way okay (laughs) hashtag save kitty um listeners are you a jane or an elizabeth (laughs) email me criminal project email.com trending on twitter don't email me and tell me you're a mary because i'm gonna have to write back and say no you're not (laughs) and boost your confidence or maybe you are and you can redeem it for us would love to hear yeah if you're like a cool alternative hipster mary pitch yourself (laughs) to me tell me how and why And if you don't know what we're talking about, read Pride and Prejudice. It's great. So this month, my listeners and I have been through quite the journey. We've covered four pairs of sisters. Um, Just to do a quick recap, we have Christine and Leah Papin, who were French maids from the 1930s who really, really brutally killed their mistresses. And the thing that they're even more infamous for is people sometimes think they were lovers. Although I kind of wonder if that was just people misinterpreting their extreme codependence. <laughs> who, who really knows? Um, then we covered the Mirabal sisters, who there were four of them. Three of them started a resistance movement against the dictator of the Dominican Republic, and then they were assassinated for it. Then we covered the three Khachaturian sisters from Russia who killed their extremely abusive father. And just a few days ago, we heard about the Gibbons twins, June and Jennifer Gibbons. This was probably the story that moved me the most um, in all sorts of ways. But they were these twins who, um, they were their parents were from Barbados, so they were black, moved to England and then Wales, were extremely bullied by their white classmates, made a pact to only speak to each other at age eight. 
and then like almost literally like couldn't escape the pact like they couldn't talk to anyone else including their family no matter how much they wanted to so and then their life just kind of spiraled from there anyway these are four very different cases but all of these sisters were very close some in healthy ways, some in unhealthy ways, but just very close. So I just want to ask you a very broad question about closeness. Like what like when I told you about all those sisters just now, like what thoughts came to mind? What is what how does closeness play into being human? And why do you think it can be both so beautiful and so mm. sinister? I mean, I'd love to say I have all those answers. <laughs> I think in <laughs> no those pressure. specific cases, and probably in most unhealthy slash codependent cases closeness is a form of strength or a form of resilience so and i would wonder i would maybe you have more thoughts on this than i do but like as women we it's become sort of a defense mechanism to be in group settings or bonded together or like it's a it's a protective mm. you know walk, you walk in groups alone you don't mm-hmm. want to be alone at night or whatever it is um so this like a sisterhood especially when it's a real sister that's like a guaranteed strength i think um yeah especially when you're talking about you know these sisters being bullied or these sisters being abused by their father like it's so like of course you're gonna bond with the closest people that are offering some sort of support i think Mm. So you're saying it's not just that it's pretty common or there's always going to be some closeness in family or at least hopefully there's some closeness in family. But you're saying like women specifically use groups as strength and these girls had to specifically draw from the group setting that is sisterhoodness. I mean, in these cases, maybe it's more like victimhood rather than womanhood. Mm -hmm. Um, But sure, sure you know drawing from my own experience i think it makes sense that like sisterhood bonds are so strong um but i don't know everyone's everyone's unique so yeah Yeah. well i've heard from a couple listeners because i asked for stories of sisters and i've heard a couple stories of just like really like magical like almost supernatural bonds between sisters like um stepsisters who aren't biologically related in any way but have like the one knew when the other was going into labor um had a dream about it and then another anecdote about a half sister that my listener didn't know she had for like 30 years but they're like identical twins basically (laughs) so there's there's definitely something like ooky spooky magical about sisters i think um have you ever <laughs> felt that? I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't have an anecdote that immediately springs to mind of you and I, like, having a magical moment of connection. But do you? The closest that comes to mind, well, you said labor, so I cheated. But, like, I think that the night you went into labor, I remember, like, ha- having a hard time sleeping. And then the, the next morning I woke up. And I think you had texted me at, like, 3 a.m. or something. And I was like, I'm in labor, but I didn't, I didn't get the text until I woke up the next morning. But I do remember like having a weird sleep oh that gosh. night, but I, maybe I don't sleep well always. I love <laughs> I know. that. No, I totally And I read the text that. and was like, wasn't surprised for whatever reason. <gasps> Interesting. I yeah. I guess that. I didn't process that until you said that. But. 
You read the text from me saying I'm in labor and you weren't yeah. surprised because you kind yes. of knew. I mean, we're also due soon. Well, I'm trying to justify it. I think we have a seat. I think we have a seat. <laughs> no, stop trying to justify it. it. Magic. It's magic. It's I'm magic. sure there's had other cases, though. It's- Even just like when we're in public settings and like, I feel like we just get what the other person is feeling more easily than even like our other family members do. Yeah, definitely. Well, something that I just thought of was when, so Anna and I were just reunited after 18 months, basically. Um, She had come out to see me when I had Cecil and now he's 18 months. (laughs) And we just, so his, basically his entire life, we've been kept apart on opposite sides of the country by the pandemic, as I'm sure so many of you have been. Um, And Remember, Anna, like when we hugged each other in our grandparents' doorway, we both had the exact same reaction. We both said, like, I forgot. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes. <laughs> Do you remember? Like we and I think we both meant sort of physically real. Like, obviously, we had talked on the phone, yeah. done some Zooms, texted. But we both like as soon as I hugged you, it was like, what? Like, she's a person. Yeah. Like, she's a body. Yeah, it, it does feel a little <laughs> bit like the other part of your brain and defied <laughs> like like i think the other part of my brain is that a word like be, become like embodied i just like oh and to, I, I just made that up. <laughs> i don't think that's a word but <laughs> i really thank like you <laughs> but like coming yeah like, you're like this person that i've like shared so much with and talked with for so long is suddenly in the flesh and it's like not somebody i was just i wasn't just talking to myself yeah. that whole time it's like that's crazy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. I don't have to be a subject on criminal broads. I wasn't just. Not yet. <laughs> she really does exist. Exactly. <laughs> um, I don't know if I told you, but after I was telling Charlie, my husband, about our reunion where we were both like, oh, I forgot you were real. And I just started oh. sobbing. Did I tell you? And it was like a delayed reaction. Like, I don't think I had realized how sad I was that we were separate. Even when I saw you, I didn't realize. Like, I didn't. It didn't hit me until like a week later when I was telling Charlie about it. It was very powerful. I think, I feel like I also noticed it. Maybe I'm just trying to be the cool aunt, but when hanging out with Cecil, (laughs) I, I felt like he trusted me a little bit more because he could tell that you and I had a strong bond. Girl, I have been telling everyone that. Absolutely. He, he bonded with you so much quicker than he would with, another woman like a mom friend like he he let you hold him more than he does with some of my friends out here in new york that That's he sees crazy. every day so uh, it had to be a sister thing i mean we look alike yeah. we sound alike you know we share so many mannerisms plus i think you just said he could tell how comfortable i was totally. with you it was That's very very anna and sisters or anna and sister anna and cecil our third sister our <laughs> Anna and Sister Cecil, the haunted nun <laughs> of her B-horror yeah. film, are, are really too. cute together. Okay, just a, two more yes. questions for you. We have, <laughs> let's talk about death. <laughs> um, okay, but in all seriousness, two of the episodes we covered this month have the super spooky, but like it actually happened theme of two sisters who like could not survive could not be normal ish until one of them died so christine and leah papan leah was super dependent on her older sister christine um they did this murder they went to prison they were separated and 
Christine wasted away. And then Leia was released and kind of had a normal life. And then way more extreme, June and Jennifer Gibbons, the twins who stopped talking, they say that they had a pact um, when they were about 30 where they were like, when we're released from this asylum, we're not going to be having we're not going to be able to have a normal life. If there's both of us, because we're too entwined. So like Jennifer is going to have to die. And the day I'm not even joking, the day they were released, she put her head down on her sister's shoulder and fell asleep and oh never woke up. <laughs> so Oof. anyway, cheerful, I know um, that's not <laughs> our vibe. Thank the Lord. But that is a vibe we see in a lot of places. I th- I'm thinking of Cain and Abel or Romulus yeah. and Remus. Um, I mean, I guess those are siblings one killing the other so maybe it's not quite the same but like there are so many myths about twins sisters siblings where they sort of can't both survive so as someone who i know you think a lot about narrative and what makes a story compelling what kind of story you would want to act in or write or whatever um why do you think these stories are so prevalent in legends and like why are we so drawn to them oh that is a great question i think the people, the stories that came to mind first were in King Lear, a sibling like <gasps> Edmund and Edgar, and then we have Goneril and Reagan, and then the good sister Cordelia. And in that story, and also sort of maybe, maybe this is a stretch, but this idea, those both had to do with like parental love, having, being a limited resource, and like Ooh. the competition over over a parent's resource, a parent's love, um, which it like, I think that makes a lot of sense, especially in Western cultures or cultures that celebrate like an unconditionally loving divinity where Mm. like, Mm. like in Christianity, like with the Cain and Abel story, right? It's like, there's this God figure that is unconditionally loving, but down on earth, Mm. The, the, the parent figures are like, it's a scary story when the parent figures become conditional in their love. And yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. So I think that like a sibling rivalry is a really thrilling, makes a good, compelling, scary story because it's like, especially when the parent actually is conditional in their love, because it's like a big fear for a lot of people is like having to, it's like a, the, the people that are closest to you turning against you and you having to like fight for your yeah, survival. It's yeah. Very pr- yeah, it's a very primal Definitely. fear. I mean, there are even cases, real cases. Have you, uh, what are they called? Phantom twins where like you're a twin in utero, but you kind of <laughs> eat the other twin, I think. Like, and only one survives. I mean, I had a writer friend who had that experience yeah. once. Um and that's like a weird or like biological example of this theme that comes up in stories like you're talking about, like the there's not enough resources Usually, for both of us. Yeah, I, I would imagine that would do something yeah. kind of strange to someone's psyche to like know that they've like unintentionally <laughs> yeah, consumed their twin in the moon or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah, it was the it was the subject of her entire creative <laughs> writing dissertation. <laughs> <laughs> like as it would be if that had happened to me yeah. for sure i'm trying to think though because the women that we've talked about on this podcast were not 
competing for their parents' love, per se. Like, the Papon sisters really didn't have parents, basically. I mean, they technically, both their parents were alive, but for different yeah. reasons. They they didn't have a relationship with them. The Gibbons twins wanted to talk to their parents desperately, but couldn't. So I wonder what else could be going on in these cases where they're competing, but not yeah. for the parental I love. mean, both of them... If to justify my own argument, like both of them did have weird relationships with mm-hmm. their parents, which which maybe most true. like maybe most very true people that go down dark paths have weird relationships with their parents, or I don't know, but mm, yeah, that's actually a good point. Like, I guess you don't have to be directly being like "love me, mother" for your behavior to be affected by a bad relationship yeah. with a parent. Yeah, I think that's be very natural if like the 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 person that establishes like law and reason and logic in your life from a young age d- mm. doesn't do that or does a bad job at that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then you have this other, like, especially if it's somebody close to me, like an, a sibling that experiences the same thing. You experience mm-hmm. the same sort of trauma. And so you're wrestling with that together. And then, right. but you also like are an individual. So you want to have that to yourself. <laughs> so I would imagine there's this weird, like, Mm-hmm. I want to press it with you, but also you don't get me, but also you totally do, but also you don't. <laughs> you know? Yes. Oh, and you are like nailing June and Jennifer's vibe. It was so, what I love about their story is in many ways, so much of what they did was like, was so relatable. It was like, you know, I love you. Let's dress up together. I like, you're my bestie. I couldn't live without you. Ugh, like, I'm annoyed at you because you're trying to take the boy I like or, you know, just sort of surface level, relatable sister stuff, teenage stuff. But then the story is so undeniably bizarre. I mean, it's there's so much. I mean, they ended up in this infamous psychiatric hospital for the criminally insane with serial killers all around them. And like they had this pact and then one of them died. So it's it's not a normal story. Thank goodness, because it's such a sad one. But at the same time, in so in so many ways, they were just sisters, you know, it's like and they would write in their diaries. I mean, I don't want to say they're too relatable because they would literally write in their diaries about killing each other. But it was so melodramatic. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, you know, <laughs> I haven't done that. I would never do we that to you. I promise. Even though you're not allowed to read my diaries. <laughs> Let's read our diaries. I have it right here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I actually don't know if I, I don't think I've ever complained about you in my diary because you you were always chill. I don't believe that, but I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) I found one of my old diaries lately of a time in my life that I wanted to like know Mm -hmm. what I was thinking. So I went back to read it. It was all about this boy I had a crush on. It was, I was so, it was like, Tori, I want to know what you felt about writing and your parents (laughs) and life. And it was just like, he called me. He left a voicemail. But then my phone died. <laughs> I didn't get to listen oh, to it for is, hours. That's painful. That is creative writing right there. <laughs> I know. And that's art. Um, okay. Final question, Anna. I don't know if the people listening to this have put two and two together yet. Like a pair of identical <laughs> twins. But Anna, you know Anna. Listeners, you know who she is. She's the voice of our Criminal Broads theme yes. song, which I get... So many emails and DMs about definitely more. I get more messages saying I love the song than I do saying 
I love your writing, which whatever. I'm not mad you about it. Fun, right? So anyway, <laughs> Aunt, wait a minute. Aunt, <laughs> I wrote the song. <laughs> I wish. It's a classic from the sick. 1930s. But Anna, you sing Guilty. You sing Sisters, Sisters. Ain't nobody like a sister. <laughs> However that song goes. Exactly. And everyone loves it. And so I wanted to put you on the spot and ask if you could sing a little bit of Guilty for us. Ooh. So we can... Can you sing us out? Uh, which, what is it? Sisters. Guilty. Oh, uh you record it? Okay, I got um, it. Um, um, ain't it a sin? Oh, why do I keep saying ain't? <laughs> I remember recording this really early in the morning, so my voice was really groggy. In like a fun, sultural, yeah. Which is perfect. Anyways, yeah. I'm just justifying it. Um, okay. okay. Is it a sin? <laughs> is it a crime? I can't do this on strike face. Loving you do like I do. <laughs> Something like that. How's that? <laughs> do you want me yeah, to turn you... off your camera so you can or do you want me to turn on my camera here i'm turning off my camera <laughs> if it's a crime then i'm guilty guilty of love in you i started to like that <laughs> no, that was great <laughs> thank you i'm sorry to That's put you so good. much on the spot everyone anna telfer my beloved little sister Find her on Instagram if you want to hire her for acting jobs, but only legit ones that pay well. Instagram.com slash Anna dot Yeah, that's the handle. Oh, okay. Instagram.com slash Anna dot Give her a follow. <laughs> give her a like. Soon you'll love her. Not as much as I do, but, but the sister bond her. is always strong. Thank you for having me on the show. Yes. Thanks. Love you. Thanks for coming on, Banana. I love Bye. you. Lord, help the mister who comes between me and my sister. And Lord, help the sister who comes between me and my man.